0: Holly Mosley, good morning, and thank you so greatly for taking time with us this morning. Thank you for having me you are such an incredible woman such a, you know a, a real force to be dealt with i think a bundle of energy uh, at the very least of it and with this new book that you've written a ray of hope a mother's story of love healing and the miracle of medical marijuana i think that kind of captures the essence of what this is at least uh, mostly about without you know really understanding the the full source of energy within you but but this is the story you've been living living for uh, for into the teens uh, in terms of the number of years that you've been dealing with these challenges.
1: Yeah, correct. Our story began about fourteen years ago. Um, I was a nurse working at the local children's hospital in Pensacola, Florida. And I went to work one day, and I was assigned um, a patient who, was at the time, was two years old, diagnosed with epilepsy and cerebral palsy, and she was hospitalized for medical shelter, meaning there was not a medical home in our, a medical foster home in our community. So she was brought to the hospital to receive care. And um, we just were connected um, instantly. And as it got closer, this was in um, November. So as it got closer to Christmas, my heart was just breaking for her. Did not want her to have to spend Christmas in the hospital. And so um, I talked with the social worker and with my husband and we made it happen. And she came home um, to our house and instantly we knew like that's where she was meant to be. And so we pursued adoption. Um, ran, again, was diagnosed with epilepsy and cerebral palsy. And we didn't know how much of that was from the neglect and how much was her true diagnosis. And um, we quickly learned that the epilepsy was going to be much more difficult to control than we had hoped. She is diagnosed with a type of epilepsy called intractable, which means it's exactly that. It's, it's difficult to control. It's pharma, um, pharma resistant. And so... Um, it was very trying and frustrating as a mom. You want to fix your kid, you know. You want to fix things for your children, and uh, we just weren't able to fix this.
0: Right. So Holly, just hearing that little bit of encapsulation of the story. Just on the one hand, is so heart-wrenching to think of a, of a this little child dealt this kind of hand with such severe uh, like cerebral palsy and epilepsy. I mean, that's just such a huge burden for a little one to carry. And, and yet, how wonderful for her that you and your husband came along with the heart to want to embrace her and bring her into your family. When you were mentioning the kind of epilepsy that Rayanne has, is this something then, uh, because in the book you you talk about genetic testing, is it something that is hereditary, or is it just something that just comes out of the blue and could strike anyone?
1: So for Rayanne, she started having seizures at birth. Um, and, you know, we weren't sure. In the beginning, we were told they did testing in the beginning, and um, it just wasn't clear to what was going on, but as they were able to refine the genetic testing um, farther down the line, then we were finally able to get a true answer, and so Ryan is diagnosed with a type of epilepsy called KCNQ2, and it's just everyone has that gene, but her gene has a slight mutation on it, um, and, and so it has caused this spectrum of, you know, um, the cerebral palsy, the developmental delay, the epilepsy, and so forth. And in in the beginning, we were just told, well, 30% of patients with epilepsy are considered intractable, and we just don't always know the cause. And, And again, it just took years of them refining the type of genetic testing that's available to be able to finally get answers. And so since we've gotten those answers, it's been really nice because we were able to connect with the KCNQ2 Foundation um, and meet other families of children who have this specific disorder. And just really, you know, it's so nice to have that support staff, you know, that support group there for you. And as well, they're able to do research on this specific gene and try to find, you know, what works. And unfortunately, they haven't found anything that's just really working for all of these kiddos. And so still more research is happening. And so that's something to be nice, you know, that's nice to be a part of. Is to Hopefully it may not help Ray Ian, you know, today, but something that may help kids down the road.
0: And that certainly is one of the main uh, passions I feel in this book is is really rallying people. You, you rallied family and friends, and you're really – encouraging others to do the same, regardless of what a diagnosis may be, but to really get that kind of team around you that's going to understand and be supportive and and encouraging along the way?
1: A hundred percent. We could not have done this alone. You know, our, our extended family, my sisters, my parents, my husband's mom, have helped us I can't even explain how much they've helped us. Um, and then as well as Ryan's teachers, um, Ryan's therapists, our church have played such a huge role in, in Ryan's success um, to help her be the person that she is today. So 100% building a strong support system is important. Even Ryan's physicians, you know, getting them on board, and having them work together as a team, you know, don't have everyone doing their individual care, but to try to bring them together so that the pediatrician's talking to the physical therapist and the physical therapist is talking to the neurologist has just really seemed to work for us. Well,
0: And I would propose that that's the way for anyone to who needs to have multiple uh practitioners involved for them to be aware of each other so that they're working more in harmony rather than cross-purposes.
1: Exactly. That would be an ideal situation, wouldn't it, yeah. <laughs> for every patient to be able to receive that type of care. And I think it just starts with the parents. They have to, you know, um, really kind of be the, the person, the leader of their team and make sure, you know, when you go to your pediatrician appointment that you let them know what the neurologist is doing and give them the number to the neurologist. I'd really appreciate if you would be in touch. Um, So as the parent, you really kind of have to step up and and lead that team knowing that it's what's best for your child and not being afraid to hurt anyone's feelings, um, you know, along the way, if that makes sense.
0: Right. And you you share with us in this wonderful book, A Ray of Hope, some of these details and what you've done. Now, we should establish that you also are working full-time, that this f- certainly feels like a full-time endeavor as well, you know, tracking everything that is going on with Rayanne, and you have two other children. So it's not like you, this is etched out to be your work. It's, it's something that any of us could need to look at and see how we might incorporate it if we have similar kinds of things going on in our life.
1: Right. Um, I love my job of, as, as a pediatric nurse, um, and I wanted to continue that. And I just recently did take some time off just to kind of focus on um, my my home. But in the meantime, I was working full-time, had two young children, had Rayanne who um, was had a lot of needs. And, um, yeah, it was about finding balance in the home. And our house felt so out of balance. All of our care and time was, Rand needed it. She was demanding it. And I just had to, you know, again, I, I try to say fix it, and that's not what happened, but I needed mm-hmm. to improve her quality of life in order to find that balance for our home. And so that's what I really dove into, put all my time into. Um, And, you know, luckily one day my husband was watching a CNN documentary titled Weed by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. And if everyone has not seen that, I really recommend you seeing it because it just really grabbed our attention. Here was a little girl in Colorado who was just like Rheann, having severe seizures every day, Um, Her mom actually had her home on hospice care and her doctors gave her an option to try a heavy veterinary kind of tranquilizer or to try medical cannabis. And because she was in Colorado, her family was able to try a high CBD oil and instantly saw results. And so we're seeing this on TV thinking, is this too good to be true? And so we have to find out more. And so my husband and I go to Colorado, and we get to meet the other families who have all relocated, and they are all have the same story. They had no other options, and then they start this oil, and they're starting to see positive results. Um, we got to also visit the greenhouse where the plant was grown, then to go into the lab and see how it's made into a medicine, and just thought, oh, man. This is, we have to have this for RAN. And so we have an option. Do we move from our home and our support system in Florida or, you know, to Colorado, or do we try to stay in Florida and make this a reality for patients here? And so um, after being invited by Representative Matt Gates to speak in Tallahassee at a workshop that, for a bill that would allow medical cannabis in Florida. We instantly knew. My husband and I both were like, "This is where we're meant to be. We have to stay here and fight not only for Ryan, for the other patients in Florida." And so that's what we did. And um, for a highly conservative Republican, you know, legislator at the time, somehow this bill passed. Um, three months we just committed ourselves to being in Tallahassee and sharing our story with every senator and representative who would hear you know hear us and um, I'll never forget a meeting that we had with one representative who was a Baptist preacher and highly conservative and going in but you know our lobbyist said he's not going to support this but he still needs to hear your story and after sharing our story he was praying with us at the end of our meeting and he became our biggest advocate. Um, he shared that his wife had an MS and, um, was really had, had passed away and had really, he had been there with her for the struggles and he had wished he had other options for her. And he knew he could understand, he could put himself in our shoes of what we were going, you know, going through. And again, he became our biggest advocate. And so somehow this bill passed and, um, The the Compassionate Medical Cannabis Act of 2014 was a reality and we just couldn't wait to get Raeann started on the oil. Um, Unfortunately, government runs slowly when it comes to things like this. Um, It took a good two years for the system to be put into place, for the, the rules and regulations to be put into place and for the nurseries to be selected For the plants to be grown, and then for the you know the product to actually be available to patients. And so during this time, my husband and I kind of had a decision to make. Um, Again, you know, do we move to Colorado? Um, And we met with her neurologist, who finally just was very honest with us and said, "I think you guys need to make it happen. Get this oil, however you need to get it. Here's your." you know, your order of how I think you should dose it.
0: And so that's what we did. So, and that was the part I wasn't totally clear about. Of course, this bill is in process in order to make it legal. When the neurologist is able to give a prescription and how to dose it, to administer it, then that legitimizes it so that you can get it, even though, you know, perhaps the state says we haven't quite passed the law yet. How does that work?
1: No, ma'am. Um, I don't know what my husband did. I didn't want to know. Okay. Colorado. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> and he made it happen to where the oil was being delivered to us, um... And you know, again, the, the neurologist just felt like we were at a point where Ray and seizures were increasing, that we had to do something, and we had kind of run out of options. You know, she had already tried over a dozen anti-seizure medications, and then we knew the chance of her having success to another new drug would be like a 3% chance. So that was kind of out. And f- already had a vagal nerve stimulator implanted in her chest, and that was not successful. And our only other option that was presented to us was to have a brain surgery that would disconnect her right and left hemisphere. And uh, the side effects terrified me. And um, so when you do something like that, the seizures, let's say, start in the right hemisphere, disconnecting the brain only prevents it from transferring to the left hemisphere. So you're still going to have seizures. They're just not going to be as severe. And to ha- it just—it was just out. It wasn't an option I wanted to consider. And so this was really the only other thing we have left to try. And so having the neurologist support, um, mm-hmm. we just decided to go for it. And I'm so incredibly grateful that we did.
0: Because, yes, w- what were the results fairly, m- fairly immediately, right? Yeah, within the first week...
1: Um, I noticed that Ryan's complexion was clearer. And I know that sounds so silly and something so simple, but for us, we had had a child for five-plus years who was just always pale and dark circles under her eye. Now she had some pink to her color. Um, her eyes were clearer. Um, she was making better con- eye contact. She wasn't drooling as much. She wasn't falling as much. Rayanne was always falling. Her poor little legs were always bruised up. Um, so the, just little things that we noticed. But then about at the month mark, wow, like, Rayanne's seizures are not lasting as long. Like, she hasn't had as many. You know, we're counting and we're documenting all of this. She's not had as many as she had before. Like, some this is really working. Like, are we imagining this? But, no, we have it documented. This is really working. And then so eventually it came to the point where Rayanne's going months without seizures. Um, I'm happy to say now that Rayanne is three years seizure-free.
0: No seizures whatsoever.
1: This is a little girl who's seized from birth every single day of her life, and she has not had a seizure in three years after (sighs) using this oil. And, you know, and and again, I think, are we imagining this? I've gone to the neurologist, and we've done EEGs, and the last EEG that she had done, he was like, I I couldn't believe it. He said, I had to go back and review her previous EEGs to compare it, this is this is working. Um, I mean, this is unbelievable to see. And this, and this current neurologist that we're with um, wasn't necessarily on board. He, um, you know, would say, "Do what you have to do," but I'm not sure that I'm a believer. And after seeing her last EEG, he was like, "I cannot believe this." He, in his report, he's what like, he said: "I'm not allowed to prescribe medical cannabis, but I consider I I support this child continuing this." therapy so even he is um, on board now
0: so it's pretty incredible it is just think of that huge contrast between seizing every day to having no seizures into now three plus years it's like a miracle
1: It, it really is you know um there's a dr bonnie goldstein she's from california she says that cannabis you know, is not a miracle drug, there's true science behind it. And I totally agree with her statement, but for us, this has been a miracle. Um, we are just so incredibly thankful that we followed this path and gave this a try. And Not to mention that she's only three, that she's three years seizure-free. ran successfully weaned off of all of her pharmaceutical medications. So she's no longer taking anti-seizure drugs. Her vagal nerve stimulator is turned off. So this is her only form of seizure treatment that she's receiving is the high-CBD cannabis oil.
0: And to see this picture of Rayanne on the cover of this Mm -hmm. book, A Ray of Hope, I mean, she looks like this enthusiastic, vibrant, young girl, teenager, that uh, just is filled with joy.
1: And that is so her. I mean, that's what caught my attention from the beginning, is she just had so much life in her. And I knew it was always there, you know. Um, I'll never forget, she was in the ICU one time in a medically-induced coma. And her neurologist said, you know, say your goodbyes. Um, she probably won't make it out of this. And I remember thinking, no, no. Like, I know there's so much life in Rayanne." Um if that's your opinion, we're getting a different, you know, we're going to a getting another opinion. We're going to a different position. And so I always knew that was in her and we just had to find a way to let it out and let it shine. And so thankfully again, that we were led to this path and this has allowed her to do that.
0: And uh, really as, as we speak, uh, she is so full, full of joy. She's uh, playing basketball. Isn't she in a tournament right now?
1: Yeah, we are in Orlando, Florida, for a special Olympics basketball tournament. Her team um, competed regionally, and they won, and so they made state, and we came down here for her tournament, and she's about to head out onto the court in just a little bit. Um, Rian is just – she has completely changed my life. Like, you know, you can never imagine – She is just such a ray, you know, of sunshine to be around and an inspiration. And I just know that she has so much more to go. I just know that this is just a small part of her mark, that she has so much, just so much more um, to do and to continue changing lives. And so we're just letting her lead the way and we're following and, you know, being her voice.
0: Well, there was certainly something very critically important as you came to work that day and found this little mm. child that uh, just grabbed your heart. Because with all that's gone on in the intervening years, it certainly has been making such a difference in your lives, of course, but I, I dare say in the lives of everyone else who is facing some really critical chronic illnesses and seeing a way out of that.
1: Right. A hundred percent, we believe that, you know, God connected us that day um, and has continued to provide opportunities um, for us. And um, yeah, I just encourage all families to never give up and to always hold on to hope. All mothers, to just trust your instinct. Um, If a a physician says, you know, I don't think you should do this, just really trust your gut. You're with your kiddo all day long, um, and and you know them best. And so, so yeah, we hope that through through this, we've been able to help Ryan, and that by the passage of the Compassionate Medical Cannabis Act, it's helping. tons of Floridians, and I actually just had a call with um, some families in Alabama who are, you know, asking for, how did you do it in Florida? We really need to make this happen in Alabama. And so we're just hoping that we can, her story just continues to inspire um, for change, whatever, you know, that may be.
0: Exactly. So people can find out more about the story and about the book from a website you have dedicated to the book, right, Holly? Yes ma'am. Um,
1: it's a Ray of hope book.com and um, we have you know our story there for you and, and you can purchase the book there. You can get it on Amazon as well. The Ray of Hope. And the book is, is named after Ray Ann. Um, quick story after the bill passed. Ray Ann made kind of a little thank you for the senators and representatives who um, helped support us, and it was just her handprints. and we just, the first time we did it, it just happened to make a sun, and we were like, perfect, ray of hope, and um, those were given out to the governor of Florida and to many of the senators and representatives, and uh, it just kind of stuck with us. We just feel like our little Rayanne is a ray of hope.
0: Oh, absolutely, and the story is just so cr- incredibly important uh, in terms of you know just uh, the stamina, the strength of families, the the bonds that that carry us through. There's really, then the bonds of community as well that comes shining through. And, you know, one of the key things that I I found as well was how you said it was so important to keep track of things, to keep notes so that you could share those easily with all the different caretakers and providers and such. Uh, There's so much work involved, but you try to, I think, divulge this or reveal it in such a way that it makes sense and really encourages us in whatever our own circumstances might be.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a binder. It's just the ray binder. And um, I keep everything in there, IEPs, um, doctor's notes and reports, and it goes with us everywhere. And that has really helped me to keep track of everything. Sometimes when you go to the a physician's appointment, For instance, I've been, where Rand starts having a seizure in the middle of the appointment, and everything I had hoped to say to the doctor just completely, you know, goes out of my mind. And so I would try to bring this binder and then make notes. Um, So I went to the appointment prepared. And um, if anything happens to throw me off course, I could still come back to what I needed to say and ask questions that I needed to, to ask. So I really encourage other families to do that especially when you have young children and just things happen that you can't always predict, um, to just really stay organized. And, again, that goes back to kind of being the leader of your team. Unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, it's our job to advocate for our family member and to make sure they re- get the care that they receive. And so you need to show the doctors that you're, you got this and you expect them to stand up to that you know, to those as well.
0: Yes, because sometimes it's so easy to cower thinking, oh, no, the doctor is like this kind of small G God, and we don't have anything to say. But I think you really illustrate quite clearly in this book, Array of Hope, how that is not our role. Our role is to follow our gut instinct and to really be an advocate, in this case for our children. It might be for ourselves. It might be for another family member.
1: Oh, 100%, yes. My experience was just with my child, um, but it, it could be, you know, f- for anyone, and including yourself, that's correct. Um, you have to follow your gut, and it's okay to say that you disagree, and it's okay to get a second opinion, and it's even okay to get a third and a fourth opinion. Um, and that's my biggest message to, to parents when I talk to them is they don't agree, you know, with what the physician's telling them, but they're afraid to say so. I'm like, it's okay. You know, you're with your kid all day long. You know your kid best. You know when they cry, it's a happy cry or it's a fake cry or it's a serious I'm hurt cry. Um, and, and the doctor, you know, only gets to spend a few minutes with you. It's not anything that they're necessarily doing purposefully or harmfully. Just they only spend a few moments with you and your child. And so you have to really stand up and speak and speak
0: up. Precisely. And this bit of wisdom, along with so many other pieces of wisdom, are all found within the pages of Array of Hope, which I feel is like, uh, in a way, a a, a guideline, a, a, a map, some way of helping us to feel supported uh, in whatever our journey might be. So let's mention that website once again, Holly.
1: Yeah, it's com.
0: And it's by Holly Mosley, Mosley spelled? Mosley spelled M O S E L E Y. Right. Well, Holly Mosley, you are truly uh, a ray of hope yourself, I feel, uh, sharing your story and really, you know, wanting to help others, encourage others, which I feel you have done with us this morning. So thank you so greatly for your openness, your honesty, and encouragement.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It was an honor.
0: You're so welcome. And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Holly Mosley and Sunday Morning Magazine with Monique Shields and Dr. Susie Wu. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Click on the podcast tab, then look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day filled with heart in whatever way you see that in your life. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.
2: This is Mandy Ringenberg with your Sunday morning shout out. And this week's shout out goes to Fostering Together, a community dedicated to nurturing children who may have come from difficult situations. Sometimes all it takes is one person, one caregiver, one friend or family member to positively impact a child's life. If you're interested, Fostering Together helps you with the licensing process and continue ongoing support for families who wish to foster or mentor. Once you become a licensed foster home, the no-cost program works to help you as a foster parent with added resources and information so that you and your child or children have a happy and healthy relationship moving forward. Fostering Together works closely with the state of Washington and Olive Crest, an organization and national leader helping at-risk children, and it helps those children in need by by providing them with safe and loving foster families. Before you and your child embark on a journey of a lifetime, you can start the pre-licensing online training where you can get more in-depth steps on what it takes to become a foster parent. This training includes a foster parent orientation, a caregiver core training guideline, and CPR, first aid, and BBP training. Fostering can be a beautiful experience for you and your child, and with the added support, it's so much more help. Fostering Together provides foster communities with additional videos, documents, online training, and community events. Stay mobile with your fostering community and download their app in the Google Play or iTunes app stores. Start your journey today and join the Fostering Together community. Check out their website fosteringtogether.org for your first steps to starting your family's journey.